Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm Megan. And this is The Songwriter Diaries. Today on the podcast, we have John from Morning Bear. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so to start us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to where you are today? Um, I'm 30 years old. I'm a Taurus. Uh, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you included that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I like long walks on the beach. Um, <laughs> so I'm act- I'm from Colorado. Um, I moved here when I was two, born in Salt Lake City, but I don't really feel like, you know, if you've been somewhere your whole life, you don't have any memories anywhere else. It's mm-hmm. home. So I'm, Colorado's definitely my home. I'm from Aurora. And for those listeners who don't know what Aurora is, it's like deep suburbia. Think houses and high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was raised an indoor kid. And... <laughs> okay what (laughs) (laughs) like a house cat (laughs) like yeah i didn't go outside very much i played a lot of video games um i played a lot of music Um, what was your favorite video game Ooh, starcraft Mm. you heard of that Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. classic it's like it's kind of like chess ish it's a one-on-one game um competitive and you build an army and kill the other guy um, that makes sense. But it's more like you're the commander, so you're in a high third person looking down on the army, and you tell them where to go and what to do. Oh, okay. So um, rather than omniscient. like a Call of Duty, like ah, I like that better than Call of Duty. I was, I was really into that game. Out of college, so I graduated college in 2011, and the economy wasn't super good yet, mm-hmm. and um, so I didn't have a job. So I just played a crap ton of video games. And I got good enough that I was making more money playing StarCraft than I was at my job at King Supers pushing carts. And what? I was like, should I just be like a pro gamer? Wait, and then I got a real job. That's awesome. How do you make money at playing video games? You have to win tournaments. Wow. Basically. But that's I'm, wild. that's, we're just going to go out right out of the gates. I'm a sick nerd. <laughs> I don't <Fuck> really, <laughs> I don't really play games anymore though, because um, that I feel like A, I don't really have enough time and B, I'm the type of person who gets sucked into the things that I do and I can't half-ass it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even play StarCraft anymore because I get so angry at myself for being so bad <laughs> that then I have to play for like 20 hours straight, you know? So what did you get your degree in in college? Um, I went to school for engineering. so like building system design. I design, uh, my day job is heating and ventilation for buildings and plumbing. So you still do that today. I do. Although I have a really lucky arrangement um, where, so like... Man, I don't know where to start. Um, this was supposed to be like the backstory, right? Yeah, this is from <laughs> the very beginning. The tell-all. When I was a little kid, I've always sang. Like my parents put um, headphones on my mo- pregnant, my mom, my pregnant, my mom's pregnant <laughs> belly. My pregnant belly. My pregnant <laughs> belly. <laughs> no, they blasted me with with music from before Aww. I was out of the womb. So I think that that really, I really think that that does something. Um, yeah. Because I was always into music, even as like a little kid. I was actually telling Megan earlier today, uh, I would stand in front of the TV when I was like three years old and watch Tom Petty and be like, I love you, Tom Petty. (laughs) This is why we're now best friends. (laughs) Uh, You know, and then um, in elementary school, second grade specifically, uh, I got in trouble for talking or for singing too much Um, at the parent teacher conferences. Uh, the teacher sat down my parents and said hey you know it's great that johnny sings and it's great you know he's he's super fun but he can't be singing all the time you know he can't be singing (laughs) while i'm talking he can't be singing during a test um and so they 
turned to me and they said like, well, what do you have to say for yourself, Johnny? And I said, apparently like, I don't, I don't remember this. Um, I always have a song in my heart (laughs) and sometimes it just pushes out my mouth. I hated that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get beat up in elementary school? Uh, no, not too much. Okay. Well, not too much. (laughs) What does that mean? Um, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I had a really pretty balanced childhood. Um, so I am half Japanese and I didn't realize it until I'm just going to tell you like every silly story pretty much is what's going <laughs> to happen. Do. Huh? Uh, none of this is music related right now, but, uh, when I was in kindergarten, I didn't realize I was Asian, you know, like, cause in Colorado, Colorado is really, really white. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like me and my brother were the only Asian kids that I really knew. I just didn't realize that I wasn't white. So I went to elementary school and some kids came up to me and they pulled their eyes like horizontal, you know, they did like the oh Chinese God. eyes and they went ching chong, ching chong, ching chong. <gasps> and I didn't know I was Asian, so I had no idea what the hell they were doing. So I just did it back to them. <laughs> Honestly, that's the best thing you could have done. <laughs> and so like, I get home and I'm like, mom, we played this game today. She's like, oh, how'd it go? And I went ching chong, ching chong. She says, Johnny, that's racism. <laughs> she takes me to the mirror and she sh- she looks like she points me out in the mirror she's like do you see how your eyes are a little bit different shaped than my mom's a japanese one by the way mm. like american but that's a different story mm-hmm. um i'm fourth generation so she doesn't even speak japanese but anyway mm. so she's full-blooded japanese mm-hmm. showing me how my eyes are squinty and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and she's like you see how my eyes are different than like jordan your neighbor's mom's eyes i'm like well you guys are different people <laughs> she's like you know those Korean kids down the street? And I'm like, yeah. She said, to other people, you look like them. And I was like, what? (laughs) Mind blown. Really? (laughs) But other than that, I didn't really have, I mean, I I didn't really get bullied or anything. Mm. Not too bad. That's good. So where do you think you are today musically compared to second grade you singing songs Mm. all the time, every day? I'm actually really, I mean, there's a lot more that I want to do and a lot further that I want to go but I'm really happy I'm like proud of where I've gone you know yeah like if I talk to 16 year old me who was when I first picked up the guitar and like really was playing out and stuff I think he'd be pretty stoked about what I've done oh he'd be like what that's awesome (laughs) that's so exciting and it's hard too I don't know how it's been in your guys's lives but as you progress it's really hard to feel that progression oh you know, like you don't, you don't notice it and you have to take those moments to look back and go, I have come really far and I have accomplished this, you know? Mm-hmm. And there, there are like moments. Um, one thing, like I, I, w- I was so lucky to get to play the film on the rock series yeah. at Red Rocks. Um, and that's like, that was something that I couldn't deny. You know, I'm really good yeah. at having self doubt. Like it's one of my f- strongest skills. <laughs> and I, <laughs> <laughs> wow self-deprecation is the first thing i put on my resume i mean <laughs> wow that was really funny <laughs> i'm hilarious <laughs> yeah but you know you know how easy it is to just be like yeah oh well like that was just luck or oh whatever you know write off everything but then i got to stand on that stage and just look up then i think there were like eight thousand oh. people there and i was like i can't i mean you can't deny that that's fucking dope that's I mean, so oh my god that was a marker in my career and i hope i get to go back up there some at some point but i mean just to have that opportunity um and to be given that opportunity it's hard to say yeah. like no i'm really bad because now i have to be like no i can't say that yeah because 
I don't know because I got that opportunity. So it's like it's a wh- mm. what's the word? It's um, not redeeming, but kind of. It's yeah. like undeniable, like reassuring, almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you talked a little bit about your mom and you listening to music in the womb. Mm-hmm. Who would you say was the one who got you invested into music initially? Hmm. Both of my parents are real music lovers. Mm. Um, my dad just i don't know he's always had a really modern taste in music too like the guy raised me on radiohead oh, which um wow most of the people his age were like i don't know listening to I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with it like tom petty and all, yeah. all that sort of stuff too yeah. but he also was listening to that like to radiohead and nine inch nails and like all kinds of weird stuff um wow. which was really cool like radiohead was my favorite band growing up mm. and still is one of my all-time favorite bands and even though I don't think my music sounds very much like them, I hope that uh, just some of their, I don't know, they're just really good. <laughs> and they are. I don't, I don't know if I would have been exposed to that sort of stuff if it weren't for my parents. Um, yeah. And then like, I don't know, my parents loved Fleetwood Mac and <laughs> some stuff like In Excess. Uh-huh. And uh, gosh, what else? A lot of that 80s stuff mm-hmm. was really, really good. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, b- we've always grown up or i always grew up in a house full of music that was always playing neither of my parents are musicians but um i don't know it's just it's always been in my life yeah yeah that's the way to do it mm-hmm. man so how did you come up with um the name morning bear so that's actually just because i'm a really bad morning person <laughs> it's, I, it's i know it sounds kind of like it would be a native american thing or something which i didn't even realize until uh after i'd been using the name and people kept asking me i grew out a man bun and people <laughs> always ask me like oh so like what tribe are you I'm like ah, nothing <laughs> not a native nothing. shit sorry i apologize am i allowed to curse on this oh fuck yeah okay <laughs> that's hard i have a really hard time turning it off the cursing like i'll be at work and i'll be on the phone with oh. a client and i'll be like yeah all right all right fuck yeah i mean <laughs> sorry uh you know it's like oh. it's like when you say I love you to someone on accident. And you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, take care. I love you. Okay. <laughs> I do that way too often. <laughs> okay, bye. I love you. Oh no. Sure. Or like you accidentally call someone mom. That's oh. not your mom. I do that way too often. Really? <laughs> Have you ever done that? No. Are you serious? Like you never called maybe your like teachers a, like mom accidentally, yeah. like in high school? Yeah, no, I not that all the time. Like in elementary school, maybe, but I don't. No, I, don't I I've done that to professors at college. <laughs> I've been like, thanks, dad. Or like, thanks, mom. And I'm like, oh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> what do they Yikes. do? They just kind of look at me weird. And it's usually like a, to ignore it. <laughs> and like an uncomfortable <laughs> laugh ensues. And it's like, ah, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. I wouldn't recommend it, mm. but mm. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> oh, yeah, morning bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, before I was Morning Bear, or I guess I was playing as Morning Bear, I was just going as John Runnels, which is my name. Um, is it? Yeah. Like funnels, but with an R. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like Reynolds, like the aluminum foil, you know? Yeah. yeah. Reynolds wrap. Or like Ryan Reynolds. Not like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Because <laughs> he is dreamy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... I had a, actually like a lot of musical things that came out of a relationship. Um, I was dating this girl and we were in love 
and uh, she went to study abroad in Spain for a year. Mm. And we sort of just like th- all the difficulties surrounding that um, led to me writing a whole bunch of new music. And it was totally different than stuff that I'd written before. Mm. And um, we'd called each other by a pet name of Bear. So, you know, hey, good morning, cutie bear or whatever. Like, what's up, you hungry bear? That sort of shit. <laughs> I just <laughs> threw up in my mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but it was wonderful and, and really affectionate. And um, <laughs> I'm a really bad morning person. Mornings are my weakness because nights are like when I thrive. I mean, f- my I hit my stride between like 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. is when I'm like, yikes, good. You know, that's that's my best time. Wow. And so um, waking up has always been hard for me. So I would wake up and I'd be a piece of work, you know, I'd just be like super <laughs> grumpy and she'd go, oh, it's morning bear. You know? And then I wrote a song about like, and at this point too, this is really weird. I can't remember. I have a really bad memory and I can't remember if she actually ever said that to me or if I just imagined it, you huh. know, at this point. Huh. Um, but it just felt right for the name of the project. Yeah. Why do you write songs? That's not an easy one. I think there's probably different reasons, right? Um, yeah. I've always used it as a way to process emotion. So like ding, ding, ding. going through breakups and stuff, it's allowed me to like deal with it somehow. I don't know. And uh, it's fun. <laughs> and I really love sharing with people like those emotional moments. You know, I've had songs by other artists that have, saved my life basically you know going through something horrible and having a way to be I, don't, I guess just a way to process it or even just feel like someone else gets it mm. you know um it i don't really do that with my own songs i guess i don't like listen to my song i'm like yeah <laughs> 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 hell yeah but i don't know sometimes I, I write a song to help me figure stuff out and then it makes me so happy to help other people figure stuff out or even if they're just like, yeah, that sounds cool. It makes my ears feel good, you know? Yeah, I think one of the most rewarding things as a songwriter is when you perform a song live and then someone comes to you up like up to you after the show and says that that song specifically spoke to them or like moved them to tears or yeah, just helped yeah. them get through a hard time. They come up and they have like mascara running down their face yeah. and they're like, you yeah. get it. You fucking <laughs> get it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the best feeling ever. Yeah. Ugh. When was the first time you wrote a song? Ooh, I wrote a song about walking a dog in third grade. Yes. And it went, I'm walking the dog. Yeah, I'm walking the dog. All right, I'm walking the dog. Yeah, I'm walking the dog. Yeah. And apparently, because I'm a ham, I'm definitely, I need attention. And uh, I was, apparently, I had a, uh, well, I, I know because there's a video of it, but I had a leash with no dog on it. Just... Walking around, it's like walking the the dog. Oh yeah! Can you please release that? (laughs) (laughs) Breaking the law. Breaking the law. (laughs) Okay, this is a perfect segue. Do you have a go-to songwriting process? I so okay. I read this book called *The Creative Habit*, and it's by um, a really famous choreographer. I can't remember her name, but I recognized her name, and I don't care about uh, theater or choreography at all. So I was amazed. That I recognize her name, and uh, maybe I can loan it to you or something because it's in my I basement. Would love that, yeah. But why did you just point to her? I want to read it. Sorry, you're right. I don't. I have, I'll do both pinkies. There we go. <laughs> for the for the listeners at home, I'm pointing with both of my pinkies <laughs> to to each of our wonderful hostesses. Um, but the, the idea is, 
if you want to if you want to be creative uh like it's good to make a creative habit right the creative habit and the idea is you set aside a method and a place and give yourself the opportunity to be creative and that's something i've never done in my life i've always been the stricken by something like okay guys i have to go and like go down into my basement or like i have to have an inspiration and i think that that i'm really lucky that it's come out with some really good songs but i also think that uh it's really held me back in terms Mm -hmm. of both um how prolific i am which is not i am very (laughs) slow at writing you're very prolific um (laughs) 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 and then and then the other thing is that I i don't have a method i don't and maybe that's okay. I don't know. But I think it's really, that's a good question because it's like, you probably should. This is another thing. So man, I'm just, I'm on a roll here. Here's <laughs> another thing. I noticed that the things that I say that I like and that I care about isn't matching up with how I spend my time. So, so someone would be like, well, what do you love? I'm like, oh, I love music. I love writing music. So, well, how much time have you spent writing music in the last year? And I'm like, okay, I don't love music that much, apparently. Or like my priorities are all out of whack because I've spent mm. like 700 hours on Reddit <laughs> for every one hour I've spent actually writing music, right? Why are you on Reddit? Because there's pictures of cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why we're best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of cats and good puns and oh and it's God. addictive. It's straight addictive. It's like a dopamine rush. It's intense. It's not good for you. I love that. <laughs> I actually downloaded an app to block it from my phone because I was spending so much time on it. <laughs> I love how you like downloaded the app instead of just having the self-control to not get on. I know that's my problem. Itself. No, this is like why I'm saying I can't play video games anymore. Cause I, you get invested. I have to um, enact self-control in moments of strength. So it's similar to when you go to the, uh, the store and you don't want to be hungry right yeah you're like i'm gonna go to the grocery store i should eat something before i go so i can make that decision then because if i'm hungry in the grocery store i'm gonna come home with 700 bags of doritos you know what i mean yeah i don't know why 700 yeah, is the number of the day <laughs> 700 dollars on 700 burrito bags. i would like all the doritos in this store please <laughs> no, i don't even love doritos then i just i bring them home but then the other <laughs> thing too i don't know if you've ever done this is you like eat too much before you go to the store and then you go and you're like I'm not that hungry and you come home with celery and that's it <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah. I think? i've done that you spent like five dollars and wasted like 30 minutes just wandering around a grocery store yeah so. kind of just like looking around really confused like what why am i here who am i what do i need what is a kitchen <laughs> <laughs> so when you like sit down to write or you feel like you should write without that inspiration? Do you have any prompts you go to or anything? Or is it kind of like, I'm just going to sit here until something comes out. I kind of just diddle. I'm a diddler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my process is always starting with the music I, uh, so far. And I think this is a way that I really, this is something that I want to explore and try and do differently. Um, but I think every single song I've done has been chord progression or like finger picking something, something melody uh structure lyrics mm, interesting like, i'll even um just ad lib stuff i used to be really good at improvising um and i would do this at my shows i do an impromptu reggae i'd call it and i'd yes. be like yell something out and i'd do it and i'd make a reggae song about it yes that's what i want to do with my band improv oh, really? songs it's so fun it's really fun it's hard but it's fun it's so fun i used to do that because when i was on the street i was a street musician first when i was 16 
for a couple of years and I would love to sing songs about people walking by. I'm like, nah, guy in a jacket doesn't look at me. What a dick. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know? awesome. It's like that sort of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. It's like, who cut your hair? <laughs> it looks you know dumb. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, slamming people on the streets. So I know that you do, you play out a lot, a good amount. Mm-hmm. And, um, you do a lot of shows. What are some of your pre-show rituals? Mm. Like, uh, longer term. So I booked the show and then well, the bill is made. We know who's playing it. I should have a spreadsheet. I do have a spreadsheet. I just hardly ever use it about like promotion stuff. Make uh. sure I'm like, okay, Facebook page is done. X number of posts about it. Um, how many, you know, I have like a whole idea of how I want to promote it. And then like the day of the show or the day before the show, I try to get good sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it's like super important. Um, and I don't know. I always wish I would warm up my voice and stuff, but I'm always, I just end up running around the whole time yeah. meeting people saying hello, whatever, depending on where I am in the lineup. Um, usually, I mean, I can almost be out of my, like, well, I have lost my voice before I even start because I'm being too social i think that i really should lock it down be in the green room warming up my voice and then like get out there and try and nail it but um usually i just like i'm running around with my head cut off the whole time until i play and then after i play i'm running around the whole time i mean it is it's all about the hustle Mm -hmm. and meeting people and that's like seriously how a career can advance is what i've been learning a lot yeah i think it's um you can't succeed in a vacuum and we're really lucky here in denver in particular that we have a wonderful scene full mm-hmm. of amazing people mm-hmm. and having gotten the chance to travel a lot and be other places um it's not like that other places right particularly no. la i s- <laughs> i went and stayed on a friend's couch in la for a month just to try and like feel the scene out or something yeah and uh i don't like la very much i gotta say man <laughs> i think I think maybe like a lot of places when you find your niche, it's wonderful, but I never found that niche. They were all hidden because they're all hipsters. They yeah. s- they're sneaky. They're all hipsters that don't want to admit they're hipsters. Yeah. They're like, I'm cool and trendy, but I'm not going to say I'm cool and trendy. Mm-mm. No. No. And they don't, they don't need friends. So they're not looking for new ones. Oh. Yikes. Yeah, I got real. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> yikes gotta change my plans of moving to la (laughs) Uh, i gotta say i gotta say i'm not a big fan of la but it is an incredible place um depending on what you want to do i mean the industry is there especially for pop music yeah um and i don't know it's just a big big pond full of self-righteous pricks (laughs) i was gonna say fish but i don't (laughs) so like la people you can see them you can spot one you know yeah sometimes you're like like what what is this person <laughs> what are they wearing like what do they think they're doing you know who do they think they are who do they think they are coming on here in colorado we're in jeans here you know? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no one's allowed to wear jeans in colorado uh, psa <laughs> no i just i don't know <laughs> oh my God. i'm wearing jeans right now for our listeners at home <laughs> um, do you a, have any backstage joke. secrets this goes along with the rituals, but... If you show up early with an instrument, they'll let you into most shows. Yeah. That's my backstage secret. As long as you get there early enough. Even if you're No one even playing? asks any questions. That's what I mean, yeah. Oh. Or wow. like have a clipboard or something, or like a box. 
and be like yo i'm here for the show yeah i don't know how many times i've gotten into it's i've always it's been my own show but no one's ever asked me who i am <laughs> <laughs> you just walk on in with your guitar yeah, you're like, like hey. you definitely don't recognize me you have no idea who i am because i'm not famous yeah <laughs> so you're just letting some random dude with a box walk into this venue <laughs> some random dude with sometimes a box. sometimes they'll be like hey let me see your id and then they'll stamp me <laughs> it's like all right well made it in if i wanted to go see i don't know whoever okay so before this lovely podcast that we have going right now you two co-wrote a song yeah so this is super exciting because it's like the, one of the first real co-writes i've ever done where i've met someone Ooh. and i got to hear their incredible amazing music and <laughs> stalked him on instagram and said yo <laughs> let's try and write and we sat down and we nailed it um in a really short we period did. of time i had no idea what it was going to go like or anything and i'm really proud of what we did actually um i think it's sweet yeah what did you expect going into it i don't know <laughs> i had no expectations i think that's probably good yeah now i'm gonna have too high of expectations Oh, no. next time i go I write <laughs> with someone i'll be like well me and megan like we're the best song ever in 40 minutes so i don't know yeah we literally finished it in like 45 minutes to an hour which is one of the fastest co-writes i've ever done because i think caroline and i have written a song in like 20 minutes mm. mm-hmm. but usually they're really funny yeah. and not like <laughs> deep <laughs> we wrote a song about new year's that was awesome that was really awesome oh you heard it yeah you played it at the stem ciders oh that's right that was a good time that was a good time. Um, and, but I was really impressed at how well we worked together. Yeah. And also, it was just like really cool to like write with someone that I, because I kind of do that, like write with people that I like had just met or like just became friends with. But I don't do that very often. I usually just write with friends or bandmates that I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting writing s- with someone that's like brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions for people who are going into a co-write not really knowing the person they're co-writing with and what expectations they should have? That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, (laughs) So we were actually talking about this earlier today, and I would think that um, the suggestions that I have are to just be yourself and be as goofy as you want to be and to just be completely comfortable in your own skin and that's really hard to do but sometimes that's just the best way to get to know a person quickly it's just be your true authentic self and hopefully they're being their true authentic self then you can get to know each other in like 15 minutes write a song in 45 minutes and then you're done Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think um well nowadays it's really hard to know when you read something if it's true or not but i read something (laughs) that was about how the brain works with uh, uh, improvisation specifically and that the part of your brain that is most activated when you use, like when you're improving, um, can't be active at the same time as the part of your brain that's, that controls it being self-conscious, like self-aware. Oh, so, so, so like oh, what they did whoa. is they put a, a musician in an MRI wild, and they had him um, like play a piece that he'd memorized and then they had him play a, uh, uh, improvised piece Whoa. and like scanned the brain and they saw that when you're improvising you have to like let go of yourself basically it's that subconscious flow thing and i think what you'd said about being yourself is super important because like or like taking down barriers and being comfortable mm-hmm. is it's not super easy to just be comfortable around a stranger but to be able to like be vulnerable in that way and mm-hmm. just go i don't know do something Blah. 
By the way, I've had one co-write, so <laughs> <laughs> basically a uh, <laughs> an expert at this point. Expert. <laughs> yeah, you're basically a pro now. Well, now that you guys have told us a little bit about that experience, we're going to listen to the co-write. That song was so amazing. <laughs> um, and let's get back to questions. Okay. <laughs> Who are your biggest influences and favorite songwriters? Either that's like, you know, current or, you know, from 40 years ago, anything. 
Um, I'm like I said, a huge Radiohead Radiohead fan. Radiohead is like one of the things that I respect so much about them is how much breadth they've covered in their material and how much they've allowed themselves to change as artists and uh, and grow and continually pave new ground, like musically. Um, I remember when In Rainbows came out and they released it for free, which was, at the time it was like, free music, like, whoa, you don't have to use LimeWire. <laughs> it's like some crazy stuff. Um, and I downloaded it. Well, I bought the box set, so I didn't feel bad about like not paying for the download. And um, was trying to do dishes. I was like, I'll just put it on while I do dishes and I'll listen to it, you know? And I, w- it was the fourth song, which is Weird Fish, Weird Fish's Arpeggi or whatever. Um, do you know that song? Yes, I do actually. You know, it's like got the weird thing. And it was at that point that I realized I hadn't washed a single dish. I was just standing with the water running over my hands crying. <laughs> <laughs> so I like turned off the water and went and started the album over and just laid in front of it. And that's like, absolutely one of my favorite albums of all time mm-hmm. um as far as like songwriters like because i think my favorite albums are different than my favorite songwriters for whatever mm-hmm. reason yeah mm-hmm. like one more favorite album shout out the first all j album is a masterpiece oh so good it is so good fucking incredible yep, 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 nothing yep, yep. before that sounded like it Mm-mm. and even even other alt j stuff afterwards just sounded like them trying to be alt j it didn't sound like that album you know <laughs> it's i don't know it was really weird to me i don't i'm not a huge fan of the rest of their material which is weird because that album is one of my favorite albums of all time but songwriters robin pecknold from uh, fleet foxes i think is just an absolutely incredible mm-hmm. both i mean like sonically all his choices his guitar playing his melodies his performances are just obscene but his lyrics are also just so i don't know i don't know how you write stuff like that how do you do that like um sim salabim i think is the name of this one song that i love and it's uh let me see if i can remember the lyrics um he was so fine just a gentleman tied to the countryside lighting a match on the suitcase's latch in the fading of night or something like that ruffled the fur of the collie neath the table ran out the door to the dark, carved out his initials in the bark. You know, then the earth shook. It was all that. And it's just like, whoa, it's so good. And then with their epic instrumentation and stuff, you know, yeah. he's just, he is really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. I'm always weirded out that like so many artists, like the Neil Youngs and Tom Petty's, their music isn't super complex. I know. But they managed to make these songs like using the same set of chords that are all incredibly different and all wonderful and i don't know i don't understand how that is like i can't do that i know me either i don't get it it's um, annoying and we talked about noah gunderson earlier too i think oh, he yeah. writes an amazing song um yeah. i don't know and it's different too for like different genres like uh sia oh. i've been a fan of her for a long time yeah. um and she just writes a mean song mm-hmm. they're just so good i mean I don't know. Generally, I don't lean too far into pop, either in my own music or listening to it. Mm-hmm. But a good pop song is like really good. Dang, but, yeah. oh, it's a bop. You know, because I got yes. I got the the what's it called the end of the year Spotify thing. Have oh, you seen yeah. that? Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, you've listened to all of the st- uh, what is it? All the stars or stars or whatever by um 
SZA and Kendrick Lamar. Oh. I listened to that song like a hundred times or something. I was like, I didn't even realize I listened to it that much. <laughs> but that song is so good. It's like oh, incredible. Like, oh man. Um, Very true. The way that, like, because it's the progression and the, I don't know, uh, the way that it like ramps up in energy and, and yeah, like sonically. Climax, yeah. It's so good. Like kind of like Fireworks by Katy Perry. I wonder who wrote that song because it's oh, yeah. such a good song. That's a but great that, song. Just the exalting high that gets to ignite the light and let it shine. It's like, holy shit. God damn, Katy Perry. God damn. Man, I really didn't think this conversation would go to Katy Perry. <laughs> Do you have a standout experience that impacted you as a songwriter or a musician or both? So the first real concert I saw Again, we're going back to Radiohead. It was Radiohead at Red Rocks when I was 16. Dang. That is a so great like first concert experience. Yeah. Like what? Blew my load early on that one. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, just like uh, seeing them live, I don't know. It was, it was an incredible experience. And um, it's cool. I, I really try to see a lot of shows, especially local shows when I'm around, because I think that that kind of reminds you of why you do it you know or at least for me I'm t- mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. it reminds me why i do it is because you can still get those moments of magic and as i get older i guess or like at play more music sometimes it's harder it's like chasing the dragon of those moments of of i don't know losing yourself in music because i often i'll be watching a band or i'll be listening to their music and thinking about like oh yeah like i how are they making that happen or like oh that's i that's a one four five or oh you know that sort of stuff and then when there's someone who's so good i can't like i'm just paying attention you know and i'm no longer thinking about it or trying to analyze it that's when i know it's fucking good Mm, yep um, one of the best concerts i've seen was hosier um in iceland at a music (sighs) festival that i was playing in called iceland airwaves which i highly suggest you go to it's really cheap to get there it's not super cheap when you're there because it's iceland but you can get a round trip ticket for a five day festival, including the pass, for like under six hundred bucks. So for less than the price of Coachella, you can go spend a week in in a music festival in Iceland. It's dope. I highly suggest it. If you ever decide to go, let me know and I'll hook you up with some shows. We're going. Um, but it's wonderful. And so this guy gets up for the listeners at home. I'm standing up and I'm like, uh, uh. so Hozier doesn't move very much when at least that show he didn't so he like walks up he's kind of a tall linky guy he walks up to the mic he spreads his legs and plants himself right in front of the mic and then doesn't move for the whole set he just stands there and plays and it was like one of the best shows i've ever seen i couldn't figure it out it was that x factor shit where like i i couldn't understand i was trying to think like why is this so good and i couldn't figure it out and it was just magical just incredible and I came away from that thinking like, how do I do that? And I still don't know. There's just some things like no matter, you could be the fastest, best guitar player ever. And you still wouldn't like, I don't know. You just, it's, it's there's something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm still working on that one. Wow. That's so cool. I love it when shows impact you like that. Yeah. It's incredible. Where do you see yourself in five years? And that's a really hard question. Yeah. So this is, I think every single one of my answers is like super long, right? And so hopefully I'm not boring you guys or <laughs> the listeners at home. At but all. <laughs> or the listeners at home. I'm about to fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> wow. 
listeners at home, if you hear snoring, you know, <laughs> you know who it is. Um, but uh, that like that five year question is really tough because in our industry, um, it's just like a really weird thing. It's not like any other job that you can look at it and say, oh, here's a progression, you know, um, especially in our style of music, which isn't like going to be played on 93.3 right. clear channel stuff. Maybe if we get a super banger, you know, but um, like, let me think, like Fleet Foxes or Bonnie Vare, even though they're at the top of that world, I don't know what Bonnie Vare, I don't know what Justin Vernon really looks like. like I kind of know because I've seen photos, but like if he was literally walking down the street, I would not know and no one else would. He can just yep. like live his life, which is sweet. Um, I think it's it's a different question too the five-year question from like what are your goals because specifically um as i've been playing more and as i've gotten to know more and more people i've found that everyone is always hustling even the the people that i know who are in the biggest bands like top tier bands they still are working so hard and then once they're done once they once their wave crests they have to figure out something else because our industry you just don't really make that much money you can't like unless you get a serious hit like a real hit that's going to be playing and you're going to get residuals from and you manage your money well because <laughs> that's also not super easy as a i don't know fun loving musician i guess mm-hmm. but to like really think of it as like okay i got a big break i need to save this and like mm-hmm. invest it i can't just be blowing it um for like for example nathaniel rateliff has been busting his ass for like, I don't even know, before he broke out of Denver, like 15 years. Mm -hmm. Yep, so long. So long. And so he finally makes it, like huge makes it. Top 10 on iTunes makes it. And he has to go um, on tour for like 200 plus days a year because that's how you're going to make money. That's how you're going to capitalize on your success. Yeah. And he's playing 200 plus dates a year for like four years. He has a nine-year-old daughter. Can you imagine like- I did not know that. I'm pretty sure. I hope I'm not wrong. I don't know. Do we have the fact checkers? On you sounded very the fact confident. checkers. I am the fact checker. Okay, but I'm like I'm like 99% sure he has at least a kid. And oh. can you imagine having to leave your kid Mm-mm. and spend pretty much the whole time away from them? I mean, it's like like getting deployed to the military or something. Seriously. And but it's yeah. a huge sacrifice. And so that's one thing that I'm thinking about. I'm 30, and I really do want to have kids and settle down and have a family at some point. And trying to think about how that fits into the music world is a, is a really interesting question. Yeah. And I'm not as interested in like being a writer, like a, a ghost writer or something. Yeah. I love performing. I love performing so much. It's my favorite part. Yep. Traveling, like I will literally, and I have, drive six hours, play to four people, sleep in my car, <laughs> eat a PBJ, drive six hours, play to two people, sleep, you know, and yeah. that I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> and that's not a sustainable lifestyle if you want to have a family. Right. So where am I going to be in five years? I mean, 35, it's not too old yet. Yeah. You know, I'm not too worried that I'm utterly alone and have no girlfriend. For all the <laughs> listeners out there who are single. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him up. <laughs> but, um. John Morning Bear on Instagram. But I mean, that's, that's like one of the things. It's. Fact checker is jumping in. Okay. I do not see that he has a child. Okay, maybe he doesn't. Maybe I'm just wrong. 
but really sad his father died in a car crash when he was 13 anyways also i don't really know what he looks like and i'm seeing him and he's everything (laughs) agreed he's a babe oh a little hairy babe yeah and before he did uh the night sweats he was playing sad bastard music like us oh my gosh yes i actually this is sorry tangent there's a documentary on Netflix called Austin to Boston and is one of the greatest movies of all time and one of my favorite, favorite mo- films ever. And it follows these musicians that go on a tour from Austin, Texas to Boston, Massachusetts in VW vans. And it has like the Staves and Ben Howard and Bears Den and Nathaniel Rateliff before he was with the band. And oh my gosh, his album, I forget what it's called, but it's like a white cover with someone in bed like underneath the sheets. One of the greatest albums ever. Still trying. Fuck. That song. Woo. So good. Tangent over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess pretending like I didn't say anything about the kid because now it's up in the air whether he does. Just to think of how much time he's had to dedicate to it and how, how much he's put into it before he had success. Um, it's just interesting to think about. And how much are you willing to sacrifice if fame and fortune through music is actually your goal? Um and I'm trying to decide because that still is for me, but maybe it won't be forever. Um, and since you guys already know, like I have a gig on the side, that's something I've wondered too. Is like if you have a backup plan, does it make you less likely to achieve your plan? Because now you have the out, right? Like you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to say, well, I didn't make it in music. I'll just go be an engineer or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's always hard. And kind of scary. But I, I don't know. I've, that was a really long answer to the five-year question. I think um, I'll either be, I'm, I'm going to do a 50-50. I'm either going to be writing an album, uh, another album, maybe second or third album, or uh, living in Europe working as an engineer. This will, get, this will do. Those are both valid. I Yeah, I think both of those sound pretty nice. Maybe both at the same time. Yeah. I think you should do both at the same time. But so I'm moving to Australia in April, right? Um, what? I'm uh, no right when we become friends. Yeah, there's a really cool. You can come visit. I'll put <gasps> you guys up. Wait, are you serious? Really? Of course. We're I'll buying tickets oh literally right now. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we'll come. You visit. can totally come. I'm gonna be there April twenty, uh, April this year to April twenty twenty, because they only I only have a year long visa. Because because okay, I've only ever lived in Colorado, other than that tiny bit when I was a kid. And I've never put down roots anywhere else. Like I've lived in Spain for a couple months at a time and like traveled a lot of time on the road. But um, I've never like been in a single place and put down roots. As an American, it's actually really hard to move abroad um, unless you go specifically to somewhere like that is like more third worldy or um, unless you're willing to teach English. And like you have you generally have to have a job. You can't just go, you know. So I was looking into moving into like sweden or germany or something and the visas are really tough like london i thought it would be really easy to go to the uk it is not easy to go to the uk they're really difficult and it's weird because we're like you know it's like the u.s and the uk we're We're like brothers (laughs) it's like our aunt it's like hey auntie uh elizabeth Elizabeth? yeah (laughs) nice but um yeah so i'm going to australia because it's a very easy visa as an american um you can move to australia for up to a year and get any job um, as long as you're under 31, um, you can do one year. You can't, the only restriction is you can't have a single job for more than six months. So they don't want you to come and like take a really good job. 
um, unless you can like, I don't know if you're wheeling and dealing really well. Um, but the minimum wage over there is 20 Australian dollars an hour. So, which is like wow. 15 here, what? which is like pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. um, so my plan right now is just to go over work like 20 hours a week as a bartender in a music venue or something, or like maybe I'll run sound at like a small local venue and just play music. Yeah. Cause all I've been doing mm-hmm. for the last year is engineering and that's a really hard job. It's hard to do both at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. so th- the visa is easy for Australia. I'm under 31 until May. So I'm like going weeks before I can't. And uh, one of my best friends has been long distance dating an Australian girl on and off for eight years. And they're actually going to move in together. Finally, for fuck's sake, eight years. Are you Yay. kidding me? Eight years? I, I made him a PowerPoint. Of long distance? Yeah. I had to make him a PowerPoint presentation to convince him. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was wonderful. That's awesome. Anyway, so it's happening. My brother's coming. So That's awesome. I don't actually know anybody in, in Melbourne uh, where I'm going down in the south. Melbourne is how they say it. Not Melbourne, but Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Melbourne. Oh, hey, that was and pretty good. <laughs> Please come back with an Australian accent. I hope Please. so. I hope so. But give um, it to us. Yeah. Well, you guys are going to come visit and you can pick it up then. Perfect. Um, so the scene down there is really cool. They're they're putting out a lot of really cool music, particularly in the female like, rock and singer-songwriter stuff. Yeah. You know, like the Courtney Barnett's and the that sort of stuff. She's amazing. And she is so nice. I've met her <gasps> because I was at a, like interning at a music festival that she played at in Des Moines. And her and her band are the nicest people ever. And oh, she warms my heart. I mean, like, Australians are so oh. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really are an, uh, laid-back, friendly, open people. And everyone I've met while traveling is super sweet. I've gone out to there before, and I've had a really good time. And it just seemed like the right thing to do. I speak the language, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't have English. to learn. I don't have to learn anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least mostly the same, I guess. Yeah, they have a couple. Yeah. Here's, here's my favorite Australian phrase. Um, when you're feeling lazy and you're just sitting around or whatever, you are carrying on like a pork chop. <laughs> hey, mate, what's up? What are you doing? He's like, oh, carrying on like a pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrible Australian accent <laughs> that you just attempted. Hey, I, it's, I can't, I didn't, I never claimed that I could do it. Do it, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I, I'm not interested. No, I can't. No, because like, they like don't do British. the glottal stop. Yeah, no, like the, the cockney, like they do the glottal stop, like not doing it, you know? That's yeah. like more, but the Australians do more like a D, like butter. Yeah, mate, butter. That was pretty good. Smooth as butter, mate. You're making a really weird face when you're doing it, though. <laughs> you're contorting uh, your face. For the, for the listeners at home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now after all that talk about Australia, that is really exciting. So, so the plan, you. at least I can give you the couple years plan. The plan is to go to Australia and just write. And I would like to do an album, but I'm trying not to have any expectations. Um, write some music. And I used to say, write the best music I've ever written. But I think even saying that is putting too much pressure on it and is going to diminish the product of, of engaging in active practice in um, consistent, hopefully, like just playing, you know, and practicing and getting better. And uh, hopefully after that time, I'll have something wonderful that I'll be ready to record and release. Um, ideally, I could record it, release it, and then just tour for a couple of years. Nice. So if that works out, that'd be great. Noise. <laughs> no- <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds Noice. like a perfect plan. And I'm re-evaluating my life now that I know that you can get a Stay visa in easily. And <laughs> I know. Wow. Go after school. Stay in school. <laughs> I dropped out. And I, I came back and I think it was the right decision. 
Yeah, I guess we'll graduate. <laughs> I mean, we graduate in 2020. So Dang, we, could, we could go visit you after we graduate. Wait, no, probably no. not. No, I'll we get kicked out. We graduate in May. When you're, um, uh, well, you can still go. It's really nice. Yeah. I'll tell you the places. But so if you're under 31, you can go for a year. And then if you're at the end of that year, you're still under 31, you can stay for another year, but you have to do three months of like work in a specific industry, which is something like fruit picking or something like, you know, not super glorious, but it allows you to picking. stay for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> so I know where you're going to be in 2020. Picking apples. <laughs> Down on that. Yes, down under. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> okay, after many a tangent, we are now going to close the episode with one of your songs. Would you mind telling us a little bit about it? Absolutely. So this is one that's not been released yet, which is kind of fun. Um, and it might not, even, might not even be in its final form, but uh, I just felt like playing it. Or I feel like playing it today. Um, <laughs> this, this is like editing magic again. <laughs> This, this song I'm going to play is called uh, Splitting of the Wood. It used to be called Lack, but my friend said, that's too sad to say. Cause it's, and, and she said, why not call it Splitting of the Wood? Ooh. Because that's a line in there. And I'm like, that's some hipster shit. I like that. <laughs> that's some hipster shit. <laughs> it makes me sound like I've got a mustache or something. <laughs> or like a, like a lumberjack beard. I'm into it. <laughs> and the song is about, um, is about that feeling. Because when I was talking about earlier how it's very difficult to tell that you're progressing you feel like you're just spinning your wheels and you're going nowhere and you've been working so hard and you don't know what you're working for and you can't see what your work is doing and you just feel tired and ragged that's what that song's about it's called splitting of the wood
loved having you on the pod thank you so much um here's to season two Woo. Woo. um check out our website the songwriter diaries.com um for li- new updates photos and um the latest episodes and thanks for listening everyone thank, thank you, you so much ha- for having me it was a real pleasure oh we're so glad oh, we're so, so glad to have you all right bye bye <laughs> <laughs> Blah. <laughs>